0: Alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. I wanna welcome you to Collective Voices, a place for Adventists that are passionate about discussing faith and innovative evangelism. As always, the opinions that are expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the opinions of the Collective Voices leadership team or its participants. Hey everybody, I hope that you're doing well and I wanted to provide you guys with a video summary of our last discussion. As you know, we tackled the subject of why so many young people leave the church. And going through the comments and the engagement about this topic was overwhelming. In our discussion, there was many people with first-hand testimony, with first-hand experience, and opinions and ideas of just why so many people leave the church.
1: I hardly ever see churches that care for youth in the level of sitting them with them and say, hey, what are you doing? Do you need something? Can we, can we do something for, for you?
2: The biggest thing that youth are looking for is that connection, um, you know, not even just with people their own age, but as far as across the board. Young people don't feel
3: needed. They feel kind of like off to the side and they're kind of like a wallflower or an ornament and they don't really feel like they have a place to use their talents. The parents being in the home and being present and actually teaching how and why. That that in my experience is the biggest reason why the children grow up to be fifteen and they don't know why they can be church.
0: Yeah, because a lot of youth that I meet as well, um, you like you ask them what they believe and they just they have no idea what Seventh Avenue is. They have no idea what what they believe and why they believe it.
4: Ultimately, the, the church has, and this isn't my words, by the way, this is the words of, you know, an older person. You know, we've, to- as a church, we've missed the boat with millennials, right? We, we totally, we did not engage with them well, and, and a lot of them left as a result of that and it's already almost too late for Generation Z, right? We're already almost to the place where it's too late for Gen Z. As you can
0: see, as the conversation started, we all laid all of our individual ideas out in the open. And collectively, nobody actually disagreed with one another. We were all kind of in accords with one another, whether their viewpoint was different than ours. And it was really interesting to see that as the conversation shifted over, there was this pivotal moment where the color of the conversation really changed. And Brother Enoch said this,
3: And the pastor would go with me to go give Bible studies. and I was so excited. And he didn't just take over the study. He would let me lead out. And when we get to a part like Rich Man of Lazarus, where I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then he'd like lead out. And then I could like observe and see what he's doing. I'm like, oh, praise God. I really believe I'm here today because someone or multiple people have taken an interest in me at different phases of my experience and gave me opportunity to serve the Lord. Without that, I mean, I'm sure I would have been in and out. And it was
0: exactly this statement that everyone in the conversation could sympathize with. They too felt this effect firsthand. And then the shift in the conversation happened. And it wasn't so much about why so many people leave the church, but why they stayed in the church. And everybody had a testimony to share, and it was powerful. In 2015, I started canvassing. Uh, if I didn't start canvassing, I know that I wouldn't be a seventh of now. Just from different influences because of the involvement uh, with the canvassing work um like i could i saw christ working right in front of me like to have that experience um of seeing christ work i think gave me the courage i guess to keep going and just stick with
2: it um and yeah here i am today both churches that i have experience in their senior leadership was interested in empowering
4: me to do something, and not just token involvement. You know, actually get me preaching or teaching or you know doing something that was you know important, or at least in my estimation, important.
1: In my own testimony, per se, what helped me is actually two things, and the first one was that I needed to separate. I, I needed to separate people from God. And I need to separate the things from people that were coloring my view of God. And the second thing is that as a trauma survivor, what I needed to do is that I needed to have more people that would truly sit with me, listen to me, and help me pray my healing through. Help me pray um, and connect with, the, with that God that I mentioned before. Uh, you know, that, a God that wouldn't step away because I was too sinful at the moment.
4: There were a couple of times in my life where I was kind of deciding if I was going to stay or not, like for myself. And one was kind of earlier and then one was kind of later in the teens. So like it's whether it's the younger youth or the middle youth, I had it twice, <laughs> that kind of wondering time. And it was prompted by like two things. One was church honestly was boring. Like church was, there was nothingness there or it was too shallow too. I, I was like, not meaningful in any way. And then the second one was I had questions about how does all this that we're talking about like play out practically speaking in my day to day? Like how does this how do I live this? Um again like Vanessa was saying and Enoch was saying I'm grateful that I did have an adult. It wasn't many, it was one. But I had one adult and it was the same adult both times that was able to not try and solve it for me or tell me how to think, but to tell me to go back to God and be like, well, it wasn't stick with it, it was stick with him. It's you and God, but he's a being. It's not just a belief system or a church or a thing you do, rituals, habits, whatever. It's a him. And then that encouraged me to go back and, okay, God, you and me, like, how does this look? And, you know, go back and read and, and keep going on my own journey.
0: As each individual shared their testimony, there seemed to be a pervading theme that connected all of them. And at the root of this entire problem, it seemed like it all boiled down to the idea of mentorship and being included. It seemed like as each individual shared their testimony, as long as someone took an interest in their individual life, that's the one thing that kept them in the faith. And that mentorship slash discipleship didn't have to be a mentor per se. It could have been a friend that was also just struggling through the same life experiences as that individual and can share just how Christ was working in their lives. As the conversation pressed on, there was a story shared about overseas mission work and how the fervent desire of those young individuals was kind of stark difference between the individuals that are here in the States.
5: So my parents are missionaries in Papua New Guinea, and they've been working there for the past 13 years. I was blessed to be able to spend six years with them, and that really transformed my faith. Um, you know, being involved in that mission work. But um, it's interesting to see the how much youth is involved there. Uh, they have a lot of young men coming to the church, as well as young women. Um, they're working in a remote tribe. So it's like out in the middle of nowhere. The only way they get around is through canoes. Uh, you have to fly a plane, like a small plane, in order to get there. But I think that um, just having that, perspective of the purpose of reaching the surrounding areas and um, the young it really drives the young men that are involved um, but they are also involved on a daily basis with my dad um, they are helping him build this training center so my dad is able to mentor them through that process of building uh, so it's really cool to see these young men grow you know like they have worships before they b- begin the building project and then they have Bible studies once a week. Uh, And so that's really involved them a lot. Um, Definitely different youth involvement there than it is here.
0: And the story that she shared here was so important to the conversation because it really showed what involvement truly meant. As we know, people that do overseas missionary work is a completely different world than it is in our own hometown or in our own country. And it seemed like involvement was much more than just doing trivial tasks, But it was giving it wholeheartedly to something, to almost do things sacrificially, like you would give portions of your entire self for it, for the kingdom purposes, for evangelism purposes. And it was those things that reconnected you with God in a way that you otherwise might not have if you were just on your own. Doing about the Father's work and it being a strong force to keep us surrendered and rooted in the faith. As the conversation was coming to a close here, we wanted to transition into the second portion of the topic which is what can we do about it? What can we do to keep people in the church? And again, the ideas flowed back into the conversation.
3: And uh, I think we just have to remember that we are in a war right now. We are in a great controversy. And uh, every time you know God's people are moving forward, Satan is gonna move and oppose it. Especially like the older generation, like reach out to the uh, younger version because
0: they, they might be scared of you. They're like, oh, that... A person like 40 years old, why would he want to talk to me? You feel me?
3: I really find that when people have a purpose, when they feel that they can get behind a mission that they're they're a part of and they have a part to play, then they want to stay, they want to
2: stick around. Call them, visit with them, have them over for a meal, really become friends, um, and, and that's the, the best advice that has ever been given to me in pastoral ministry, which is just all of us, we're all in ministry, whether you're a pastor or not, is to love people. And it's, it can make massive impact for sure.
3: Yes, that is true. And in addition to what you were saying, Brother Smith, um, there, there's a need as well to, to remind people of the first love. Because, you know, sometimes... The, the devil, he could be so crafty that he would get us to, to forget why we, we came to Jesus first. And, you know, once the memory of that first love come back, then they, they would come back and be a lot more solid.
1: Be there with them, walk through their darkness and help them. The church needs to teach the youth and the young adults generation that we really have a God that is a savior, that is the kind of rubber meets the road kind of savior, that it doesn't matter how dark their present is, it doesn't matter how dark their past was, nothing, they just can't come to Christ.
4: As much as we can, I encourage us to make it that open space. Let's talk about our own testimonies, let's talk about who, who God is, how God is that rubber meets the road, God, absolutely. Like, what
3: do you do when people want to get involved, but they're not really supported at their local church? And I really think that online fellowships like this is a tremendous opportunity. Like, I'm seeing all you guys face to face. I haven't even heard some of you guys speak, but I already feel like a rapport, like a trust, and like, Hey, I like you guys. We already have this common interest and a common ground.
2: Like, this is great. And I see that, like, people want that. Just a note on the online stuff as an encouragement, those that are in podcasting, YouTube, whatever, um, you know, in the last, I guess it's been a couple months now, but, like, two people that are 25 just walked into my church, and we baptized one of them as they came in through watching YouTube videos. And so it is making a difference. We are seeing it on the church level, and it's exciting to see.
0: So what is our big takeaway from this almost two-hour conversation? I think we've learned why young people leave the church. They leave because they're not mentored to. Because the individuals that surround them in their communities aren't connecting with them. So they don't feel valued, and they have no reason to be involved. Because even if they are involved, they don't feel like their words mean anything. So what do we do to change this? We start by realizing that the church is not the building. The church is made up of its members. The members are the church. You and I are the church. And it is our sole responsibility to connect with our brothers and sisters and assist them in this spiritual warfare that we are all going through. Through our own personal testimony, our friendship and discipleship, or even our mentorship with other individuals that have been in the faith less than we have. And that sole responsibility does not sit on the shoulders of church leadership. It is not about the pastor. It's not about the youth pastor, the elder, the deacons, or people that are in leadership roles. It's about you. You are a member in the body and the church of Christ. And it's your actions that cause a reaction in another person's life. If we are not taking action in our individual lives, we are allowing others to fall. We're allowing others to slip through the cracks. And the first people to go are the young people. If you want the shortest answer to this question of why young people leave the church, it's because of us. And just like that, we've actually reached the end of another episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we want to encourage you to become an active member in these discussions. Reach out to us on our Collective Voices Facebook group. There, you will find information about scheduling, upcoming topics, and how to involve yourself in the next meeting. We want to thank you so much for your support, and we hope that we can hear your voice at the next Collective Voices meeting.